You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. Final Inspection. Final Inspection. Now, Dennis Michelson of D-Mike Media is here to give us the inside track on NASCAR and the world of short track racing. And welcome back to the Final Inspection Show. Thank Great Lakes Dragway and David Hobbs Honda for all their support and joining us on the Great Midwest Bank Hotline. Of course, it is Dennis Michelson from D Mike Media. Dennis, welcome to the show, sir. There we go. Welcome to the show, Dennis. It's great to be back, Z Man. So we're looking at Bristol and the active winners, and uh, it, it, it's the Bush and Bush show. We got Kyle Bush with seven wins, Kurt Bush with six wins. And then it's a bunch of other guys that I guess I guess the fans have heard of Brad Keselowski, Jimmy Johnson, Kevin Harvick, and Joey Logano with two apiece. And of course, uh, Kurt has not won yet this year either. As Jimmy Johnson, that's been talked about before on this show, as well as, well as Kevin Harvick too, surprisingly. So, is this a situation where maybe uh, one of those guys might get their first win this year? I really like Harvick's chances, uh, but here's the thing with him and Bristol. He tends to lead a lot of laps, uh-huh. but it's been a while since he's had success here in the daytime. But uh, but Harvick's always one of the, the guys that are is going to be in contention. This is a weird track because if you look at the records, some of the guys who have the most wins, like Kyle Busch, also have, uh, as far as active drivers, the most finishes outside the top ten. So. For Kyle Busch, it's kind of a, a you know win or crash uh, type of scenario when it comes to Bristol. So uh, and you know it, it seems like the one thing that's really not talked about too much, and I think it should be, are, are the, is the lack of tire wear lately. Last couple of weeks in the world of NASCAR, is that something that's going to change this weekend? No, as a matter of fact, it's going to be kind of weird because I would not be surprised, especially if we get some long runs, that we see the same problem that we've seen at Bristol uh, from time to time, and that is at speed, the tires are laying down rubber, but then when you're on a a, uh, slower caution flag in the past, they've actually been ripping that rubber right off the track, and then it takes about 15, 20 laps for them to rubber the, the upside groove back in. I would not be shocked to see that. Seems to be a trend since they've been using this uh, traction compound on the lower part of the track. Mm-hmm. And of course, uh, Chase Elliott on the pole, William Byron uh, for a Hendrick sweep uh, at Bristol, and then Ryan Blaney, who's who's been quick all year, but just has not been able to put it together uh, with him and Eric Jones in the second row. Those are two guys that certainly could uh, rise up to the challenge uh, this weekend, aren't they? Yeah, I think the average age of the top four this year is like five years out of diapers. It's a very young front two rows, um, which at Bristol, that was almost unheard of for many, many years. You know, you'd see the young guys come here. They'd have all kinds of problems. But Ryan Blaney doing something that hasn't been done in NASCAR in quite a few years because he said, come on, everybody all together now. A new track yes. record. 
So pretty outstanding, the run that he had in qualifying. I would not, uh, I would pretty much expect that Ryan Blaney can keep from crashing because he really dominated this race last spring before the crash. I think he's got a really good shot here. But, you know, drivers get on the roll here. Um, as we've seen over the years. I mean, most of Kyle's wins came in a kind of this little bunch, same with Kurt Busch, and same with guys like DW way back in the day. So the cars might change, but Bristol doesn't. And, you know, we see the the same guys seem to have a, a bit of a run here. So I wouldn't be surprised to see the guys that, you know, have the last couple of years been really, really strong with them putting this compound down on the lower part of the track, they have a really good, strong run. And that's some of the young guys up front. Maybe they just don't know what they don't know, and, it, and this track isn't scaring them anymore. I'm going uh, to give a tip of the hat to the Fox Sports uh, guys. Uh, they had a really, really cool uh, graphic that they posted yesterday, and I'll make sure I post this on the Facebook page, on the TFI, the Final Inspection Facebook page. Uh, and it was the Pole Speed Evolution. And it shows the track, you know, the oval track of Bristol. Yeah. And it, it had um, uh, five five times. The first one being Freddie Lorenzen, who uh, whose pole speed was in 1961, 22.7 seconds. And where that would put you in today's, you know, if you put all the cars on the track, and just as uh, today's pole sitter would, uh, or Denny Hamlin, I guess, in 2016, would pass the finish line, that would put Freddie Lorenzen just entering turn three at the time. And then the next one they had was Kelly Yarbrough, uh, which was 18.3 seconds. And that would put you pretty much just past the apex of between turn three and four. The next one they had was Daryl Waltrip, of course, 1981. That would have been uh, the Mountain Dew uh, car. And that would put him just as at the exit uh no just right at right in right in the middle of turn four i guess that would be and then uh 2004 jeff gordon in the that dupont uh i think that would have been the monte carlo uh that would put you at the exit uh just a little bit past the exit of turn four and then of course denny hamlin passing the finish line it's a really cool graphic kind of shows the speed increase over the years at bristol so uh, make sure you look for that. I'll post that here in the next couple of minutes at Bristol. But before we move on, uh, we have an update here. Uh-oh. My heart's pounding. Danica Sue, this is for you. Boogity, boogity, boogity. Let's go racing drivers. Ah, uh, yeah. We're going to miss the, the smooth smooth uh, talk of uh, DW. I am. I absolutely am. I know I'm in the minority of loving this boogity, boogity, boogity thing, but it's been part of our lives for half a season now for 19 seasons. That's a long, long time to have a tradition going in this sport. And I know there's a lot of folks that don't like DW. There's a lot of people that saying he should have retired. Well, I've got news for you. Daryl Waltrip is the exact same today as he was that first race in 2001. And God love him for it. I don't think the fans of today would even like a Benny Parsons, and God forbid we put a Buddy Baker on the air for them. It'd all be going in, into hysterics, you know, being all upset about the lack of class. These old drove, but can't even understand, buddy. 
you know, give me a break. But to say that Daryl Waltrip is over the hill, my God, let the man retire with some grace. He's been a part of the NASCAR landscape since 1972. He has been a polarizing force in this sport. You either love DW or you hate DW. There's no middle ground. Yeah, D.W. was great, but I don't think you can say he's the same now as he was when he started. You know, there are times when, you know, you listen to what he says on the air and you just shake your head wondering if he's watching the same race that that you are. And there's a lot of times that Jeff Gordon, you know he's biting his tongue because he wants to correct the obvious complete falsehood that D.W. just said, but he doesn't want to embarrass him on the air. I get the whole legend thing. And I, I personally, you know, DW, I take him or leave him. But I, he did a great job at building the sport, you know, through its heyday and all this, uh, the boogity, boogity, boogity thing, you know, fine. It's all great. But, you know, when when you shake your head with some of the stuff he says, that's, to me, when, you know, these things, it doesn't cross the line where it's, uh, you know, you're asking anything sacrilegious to say that D.W. needs to hang it up. He's a homer, okay? He's a homer. If you want critical thought about NASCAR, you're not going to get it from Daryl Walter. But when was the last time you got any critical things said about NASCAR by anyone other than Kyle Petty that is in the broadcast booth? You see all of the NASCAR announcers being really soft polish. It doesn't matter if NASCAR blows a call really bad. You'll never hear them question the call that is made. You'll never hear them question whether there is a, you know, a great, um, you know, rule change or whatever. It's always been positive. Why? Because NASCAR wants it that way. The only changes that we've seen over DW is when Fox hit the air in 2001 just like ESPN before them and during that era in the early part of this century, we saw what we see in stick and ball sports. We saw the announcers be critical of NASCAR if there was a a call that they didn't agree with. But we have stopped seeing that for about seven or eight years in this sport. All we see is Homer rah-rah stuff. That's the only change in DW. It's the changes that were mandated by NASCAR. When have you heard Daryl or uh, uh, DJ, you know, uh, Dale Jarrett uh, during the NBC broadcast or Dale Earnhardt Jr. say anything negative about the product on the track? That's the change that we're seeing. Yep. It's coming from NASCAR. It's not coming from DW. Well, I'm not saying be critical. I'm just saying know who's in what car, uh, know what's happening on the track. And, there, you know, I, I could care less. You know, there is nothing that gets said that's critical about NASCAR which is why I don't watch uh, Race Hub anymore. Because, you know, once uh, that France guy got arrested for uh, DUI and the pills and all that kind of stuff, you know, they they talked about it for for seven seconds. That was a huge NASCAR story. They dropped the ball, completely sold out any journalistic integrity that they had. That's fine. You know, uh, they're, to me, that's just an entertainment show that isn't very entertaining. I used to tune in there to try to get some news. DW, I don't care if he criticizes NASCAR or not, but like I said, you need to know what's going on on the track and be able to to talk about it without butchering it and butchering the rules and everything else. 
That's that's just and my I can't, I can't keep track of the rule changes lately, and I can't keep track of a lot of the stuff that goes on. You know, and I certainly can't tell all the cars uh, from each other. PW and I came through at a time when the same paint scheme was on the same cars all the time. And, you know, that's now every week the cars have a different color with everything else. So, you know, it's just that's the only changes that I've really seen in the sport uh, from DW. And I'm going to defend the guy because I wasn't a Darrell Walter fan when he was racing. He was a guy that irritated the crap out of me. But what I've seen is that he's a net positive for this sport, and there's no doubting that. And it was the worst-kept secret that he was retiring at the end of this year. Everybody in the garage area knew it, and that's why I got so irritated when Jenna Fryer from the AP, who's a writer that I thank the world of, I was so irritated when she had the audacity to break that story in such a mean-spirited way. Okay, I agree to disagree. I didn't. I didn't think it was mean. I do agree with you that uh, DW's definitely been a net positive for NASCAR. Well, that's that's one thing that we'll definitely uh, never have an argument on. Is that you know the guy has been he's done so much for the sport, and there comes a time when get all the announcers in the world look at at John Madden on football. He wasn't as great in his closing years as he was when he was in his prime. There are a lot of announcers like that. Heck, Harry Carey couldn't see by the time his career was over, you know, yet he's still making some bad calls out there. But nobody cared because it was Harry Carey. My God, the guy's kind of earned that right to retire on his own right. Hasn't hasn't DW kind of earned that right? Yeah. I guess. Um, well, that's why I'm glad we have a because you have one anti and one who me who is like okay he's retiring and I think it, it's it's good for for NASCAR TV overall next year. We'll see who they bring in and we got one positive. It, so I mean, I, it, and here's here's the thing, man. Don't get me wrong. I'm I'm glad to see some change. Mike Joy is not as great of an announcer as he used to be. But he's still very good at what he does. Mm-hmm. And I want to see Mike Joy go out on his own terms. I don't want to see just some young voice brought in because he's hip and he's right. new and he's going to appeal to the new fans. How about taking care of us old fans that appreciate that history? And, you know, that's the thing that I, I don't understand in how this was handled. There were so many mean spirited people out there just wanting to throw the first shovel full of dirt on DW's career as it got buried here this weekend. I was glad to see a couple of drivers in the media center during his announcement, including Clint Boyer. It meant a lot to DW for some of these guys to show some class and show some respect for a guy that I think has earned it. Okay. Very good, Dennis. I, you know, I, I, you know, I agree. I don't, I have not been a fan over the last few years, but I, I can, I can agree with that. Jeff is Jeff is making faces, but that's fine. No, I'm just making I'm not he's, making faces. He's not making faces. I just don't think that Jenna writing in an uh, an opinion article is attacking DW. She has a right to her opinion. She is a fantastic journalist. You know, I saw on Facebook you said you had a problem that she had boogity 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 in the title of her article. Yeah. Come yeah, on. I, I took, Who cares? I took great I took great offense to using a man's trademarked 
term, his trademark phrase against him. It would be like somebody in the Milwaukee press saying that Bob Euchre should retire because his calls are just a bit outside. You know Milwaukee would go nuts just killing the person who had the audacity to say anything negative about Bob Euchre. I look at Daryl Waltrip as the same, an icon of the sport, and I don't like using that title. Everybody in the garage area knew that his retirement announcement was coming up at Bristol because Bristol is where he made so much of his fame, and it's as, as close to a hometown track for him, and that's where he wanted to announce this. Why not write the article the week after Bristol and let the man go out? It really bugged him the way he was treated in that article. Have that article after the fact that he should be retiring. This is a good thing that he's retiring. Go ahead and write an opinion piece all you want. I just thought it was tacky using the man's phrase against him. All right, fair enough, Dennis. Uh, what? Who is your who's your winner uh, for tomorrow at Bristol? I'm going to take Mr. Kevin Harvick to get the win at Bristol Motor Speedway. Very good. And what's the latest at D-Mike Media? Oh, my God, we're having so much fun. As a matter of fact, we just signed a new client this uh, week. Uh, so next week we'll actually be, be debuting our first podcast on semi-pro basketball. We're going to be featuring a, a, a official podcast for the Indie Show, uh, which is a brand-new basketball team down in Indianapolis, Indiana. It's a semi-pro-level team, and it should be a lot of fun. Do they play the Flint Tropics? You know, that would be perfect if they did. Uh, <laughs> no, not, not quite. But I love that movie. About the same. That is a great movie, as a matter of fact. We're, uh, we're going to be watching that uh, just this weekend at the uh, D-Mike Studios just to celebrate. Nice. But no, that's, that's some of the good stuff that's going on. And, of course, uh, another episode of Wildfire Fever. That's where I am today, Mountain Bloomington, Illinois, for training camp. For the Chicago Wildfire of the AUDL, it's Frisbee football, and they're going through their last two-a-days before they start their season in a couple of weeks. So lots of good stuff coming up. You can check us out at themikemedia.com. All right, very good, Dennis. We certainly appreciate you coming on the show. We'll chat with you next week. Coming up next, we're going to be talking with a, a, another icon of television. Yeah. David, David Hobbs will be joining us. We'll We'll be uh, filling in what happened last week at the Bahrain Grand Prix and what's coming up in the future of F1 and some other stuff. So coming up next, David Hobbs on the Final Inspection Show. You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey.